Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. at the topic of the strategy of vision, how we need vision. So let's look at Proverbs 29, 18. I actually like this in the King James Version. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And the word perish there means um, they dismiss, they avenge, they avoid, they go backwards, they perish, they uncover, they refuse. And so there's no restraint. Some of them say no restraints. In other words, there's no order. Nothing's going on. The, basically, the enemy gets involved and there's chaos. So we need vision. But the person who keeps God's laws or his ways, is a ha- happy are they? So um, let's look at it in the Passion Translation. When there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly waver and go astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bless fills your soul. I like that one. Another scripture on this is Hebrews. So Hebrews 11:8. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though it belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob who were persuaded that Um, They were also co-heirs of the same promise. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. That's amazing. You know, Abraham is called the father of faith. Abraham had vision. Abraham was called by God, left everything behind just to follow the vision God had for him. And he, his eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. And so vision needs to be built on what God has for us. It's, it's not to be what we think would be good or what we think would be great. We need to pray into vision. We need to ask God for vision. We need to get God's heart about vision. And then we, we need vision. Like, you know, what we're doing here, putting these um, social media uh, platforms together and writing the book, it's, it's not to make money at all. I mean, yeah, Lord, he has always taken care of us financially. I believe he always will. And we're going to need more with what's coming. But it's to reach uh, thousands of people that aren't going to come to our part of town. <laughs> They're not going to come into this little building. And it's, to, it's possibly to reach millions. And, and I've got to get vision for that. I've got to get vision for what would that cost? You know, how, Lord, give me vision. Give me faith for the finances to come. And so I hope this helps you. You need some vision. Without vision, you're just going to have a, some people, even Christians, have less of a life than people who don't know God. You know, what is your vision? What has God called you to do? And you need to bust free from things that you let limit that. And um, it doesn't mean everybody, you know, vision that he wants to give us is going to really be the things that glorify him and the things that he has for us. He already has them written down in a book, what we're supposed to do. 
And so, but part of vision is, you know, how for your families, especially people with, you know, with children for your life, what is the vision? Not how am I going to manipulate God to do what I want? God, show me my future. God, show me what you have for my life. And once you catch vision and it's from Holy Spirit, you don't let go of it. I think we live in a culture that's so wishy-washy. We live in a culture where, well, if this doesn't work, we'll try this. If this doesn't work, we'll try this. And so Satan has this just going all over the place. So we want to really look at vision tonight. And, you know, when I was um, ministering uh, to the family that's in the book, um, Strategy for Impossible Battles, and that's what this strategy is part of vision, they had to begin to see especially the father, he had to begin to see what was God calling him to in this battle, but also what was the vision for his family. Um, this little baby wasn't thriving. Failure to thrive is a really terrible thing. It's when a little tiny baby or an, anybody, they give up. They don't want to live anymore. It's like an open door for the enemy to come and give them a premature death. That's how important vision is. That's how important vision is. People have premature death because they and they don't have any care so they they don't care if they drive crazy or if they do drugs or any of the things there's no vision and the bible says without vision there's chaos without vision there's death so i think we need to get serious about vision for our families you need to be have a vision for your home people have a vision for your home what do you want your home like what do you want to do with your home you need vision for every part Without vision, it's chaos. Without vision, it's chaos. And chaos opens a door for the enemy to destroy that thing. And so I just really hope, it, so, so when people are praying, like for this, with this family whose baby that the doctors had given up on pretty much, and then, you know, you heard the story of another family I'd prayed for a long time ago who um, they had triplets and one had died. And they told the father, and they went to the funeral, I believe, for that one. And all they could see was funerals. All they could see was little coffins, caskets. And the father heard me on the radio and came broken to uh, my office at the time. We had a little office in, in Newport News, not the church building. And he was so afraid that he would be burying his other child, that, you know, soon. And possibly the third one. And so I went into spiritual warfare and told him, close his eyes because I knew I was going to pray wild. And um, the Holy Spirit came all over me and I just really took authority in the spirit realm against the spirit of death. But before he left, I said, you have to get vision. You need to see what God sees. And the Lord had me uh, have him see uh, the two children, the two remaining children um, walking down the aisle and getting their diplomas at the same time. And, and so anyway, those who were here recently, they showed up 18 years later and all that came to pass. But they told me, boy, that vision that I spoke held them through some really difficult times. And we're actually going to have them come share their testimony at some point. I, I want you to know, it's not a little thing to have vision. It's a strategy that is powerful. Um, and you perish without it. So let's go on here. So Hebrews 11:10. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. Okay, this takes vision. Okay, 
it takes vision. It doesn't just take somebody laying hands on you. Or it, let me say, all these different strategies are needed as Holy Spirit wants to bring them into your situations. But vision is a powerful thing. Vision, faith is the substance of things hoped for, not seen. So vision is seeing what hasn't happened yet. Vision is seeing what your promise is, seeing what God has promised you. I'm telling you, if we, if we would begin to fine tune those visions and actually put a lot more time on looking at that vision instead of all over Google and everywhere else, finding out the medical terms and this and that. And I don't really care how it works for the world because I'm not part of that. I'm in an unshakable kingdom. I want the vision for what God can do. I want the vision for God's perfect will. I want the vision for what he's capable of. And he, there's nothing's impossible with him. That's why this whole book is called Strategies for the Impossible Battles. But how many times do we just kind of visit there a little bit? But we see much more. How many know it's going to be easier to see much more what you're going through that's in your face day to day and your medicine cabinet or your doctor bills or whatever? That's going to be easy to see. But when we get vision, we begin to see what God sees. And, and if, you, if you really get it from God, you never let go. I know when my son for some of the things he went through, and some of that's in this book, and some of it's on, on tape somewhere. But anyway, um, video. They, they told us, you know, first it was life and death, all this kind of thing. But bottom line was, at one point, I overheard the medical team talking, and because of what my son was fighting and because of the meds they were giving him, they, I heard them say, well, he's going to be blind, and he's going to be four, no more than four feet tall, and he's going to have diabetes. And they were saying all these things. Now I realize a lot of those things had to do with the meds they were giving him. That's another whole thing. But, but he, at that point, it's all they had to keep him alive long enough for me to get to the place in God and faith to see a miracle. But the bottom line was, from the minute I knew what the blood level was supposed to be, I envisioned it. I said... Every time I went, they all thought I was crazy. Every time I went, I was waiting for the number. Now, I could look at my son in the natural and see he didn't look like his blood levels were normal. But I wouldn't look at that. I refused to look at the natural. And I would go in believing that I was going to see these normal blood levels. And it took years. But guess what? Against all odds, his blood levels got to normal. And then I would not give up on him being as tall as his father, almost as tall as his father. I didn't want the enemy to steal height from him. And so I kept seeing him six foot tall. That's what I would, I'd, I'd say, Lord, he's going to be six foot tall. I'd, I'd look even at his dad's pictures when we were dating and when his dad was young and they, they look a lot alike. And, and I would see and I said, this is what the son's going to look like. He's going to be that tall. Well, when he went to college, he was, he was so small for his age that it was really difficult for us to let him go we made sure he had his private room and everything in the dorm and he was he didn't want to drive much because he was scared a police officer was going to stop him and he had to sit on a pillow and he looked like a little kid but guess what by the time he was out of college he had grown to six feet tall and it took a while for him to do the bodybuilding and everything else to, to handle growing that much. 
but he's this healthy, handsome, muscular young guy now because of vision, because of vision. You cannot look at what the doctors are saying. You cannot look at what your checkbook says or the bank, but you have to get vision from God. You can't just invent it yourself. You've got to spend time with God. You've got to go to the courts of heaven and then you've got to hold on and you have to do what he shows you, but you need vision. Um, so Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren, it was past the age of childbearing for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. Okay. This is so important not to get legalistic. It's about God's promise. Okay. He's not a man that he can lie. It's his promise. It's his word. He's the one who brings it to you and makes it real for you. Now, you don't have to say yes to his promises. And it's nobody else's business to make you say yes to his promises. But if you choose to say yes to his promises, then you have to visualize it. You have to begin to see it. And, and I mean, that's up to you how you do that. If, you know, if you're someone and you're, you're getting to the age where you want children, but it doesn't look like you've been trying to have children and, and you haven't been able. I would start visualizing how all that happens. As far as the, what, the egg part and, the, and the, the seed part. How does all this come together? How does this work? And I'm not talking about the act. I'm talking about what happens after intimacy that actually brings forth the baby. That, everything's got to go right. It's got to land in the, it's got to climb up and, and make the connection, and then it's got to, uh, the egg and the sperm got to make the connection, then they've got to uh, go and plant themselves inside of the woman's um, uh, uterus, and then everything has to happen. So in this, in the case with this little baby, I would find out every single medical thing they were doing, every single one of them, and I would visualize what needed to happen in his body for him to be healed. And then I would share with the mom and we would text or we would talk on the phone and we would pray until she caught that vision. Was it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. I got to say, I really think people are way too lazy in fighting for the impossible battles. And that's fine because God is not going to empower you to fight unless you think it's worth fighting for. And if you think it's worth fighting for, you go before him, you plead your case. We have a teaching on strategy of plead your case before the Lord. Because I think way too many Christians don't get their promises because they don't fight for it. It's a good fight. And that's fine. You don't have to. It's none of my business if you get your promise or not. It's none of your business if I get my promise or not. That's between me, me and the Lord. So this isn't about, oh, this is about do I... Do I want it enough to take the time to hang out with Holy Spirit and get the vision and see what he wants and have that breakthrough in relationship, okay? So Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. Well, that's, if you really want a key uh, scripture for winning the impossible battles, that's it. I've got to see the faithfulness of God. I've got to tap into, I've got to visualize, I got to realize this is not hard for God. It's not hard for God to save your loved ones. It's not hard for God 
to set you free. Nothing is difficult for God. It's your unbelief and your fear and woundedness that stands in your way. That's why he came to heal the brokenhearted places. In fact, so many children were fathered by this aged man of faith, one who was as good as dead, that he now has offspring as um, innumerable as the sand on the seashore and stars in the sky. In other words, once Abraham had children, his children had children, their children had children to the point where nobody could count them all right now. Had Sarah and him not had that vision and not held on to that and believed when it was impossible, none of that would have happened. Anyway, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them. But they saw beyond, the, this is, I want to get to this scene part. They saw beyond the horizon, the fulfillment of their promises. They gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. So vision has to do not with what you want so bad or how are you going to handle if you don't get it. There's grace. There's grace not to get your promises. I mean, you can live a life and glorify God and not get healed and not have the promises. The promises are God just telling us, this is what I'll do for you. But the relationship with him is what matters the most. So this isn't about competition on the promises. This isn't about judging each other. I mean, it's not about any of that. That's all our wrong thinking. This is about if you want it, he's promised it. Now ask him, how do I get to it? How do I get to this promise? And if he says, well, it's going to be a long journey, you may say, I don't want to go on this journey. And then guess what? You're not going to go on that journey. And that's your choice. But here's the thing. They all still hung on to their faith. For clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would not have found an opportunity. They would have had time to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is the heavenly realm. So because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. And something with this whole thing in Hebrews, for all those people in faith who did not receive, they never gave up on believing in going to heaven one day. They never gave up on believing that God is real. And that was a greater promise. It's a greater promise. Most of us, I hope here and those watching, we believe that when we take our last breath on this side of the planet, if we're hungry for God and going after God for real, we know we're going to end up in heaven. It's going to be great. Right? And that's the main thing. That is the main thing. Jesus Christ died so we would be eternally with him. That's the main thing. So don't make the promises in his goodness that he gives us a stumbling block. What do I mean by that? Oh, if you don't get this, if you don't, and they don't do this. Forget that. That's not what a promise is for. Okay, that's not what a promise is for. That's not what vision is for. Vision is for the person who wants to fight that. Vision is for the person who is something they really want. It's not because God promised it, therefore I have to fight for it. Do you understand the difference? It's not about us judging everything. And the, the, people will glorify God and we'll get to heaven. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's going to show us everything and we'll understand everything. All right. Um, faith operated powerfully in Abraham for when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac, even though he received God's promises of descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son. 
For God had promised through your son Isaac, your lineage will carry on your name. So he kept believing the promise of God and he was willing to do whatever God said, even if it didn't make sense, because he knew that God was going to do something major through Isaac's life. All right. And then he goes on. He, he, um, Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God could raise Isaac from the dead, but symbolically that's exactly what happened. The power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau concerning their prophetic destinies. All right, so it goes on. Where's the scripture I was trying to get to about faith is the substance of things hoped for? So we want Hebrews 11, 1. So go back up to 1 that brings all these things. Faith brings our hopes into reality. It becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So if it's unseen, then we need vision in the spirit realm to see it. And then it goes on through the rest of Hebrews. And we also, we did teach this on the teaching on um, faith. How to build your faith is a very powerful strategy. It's when you have to really be moving and operating no matter where you are in your life. But I wanted you to see this about vision. Faith is a substance of things not seen. Hope for but not seen. So vision is spiritual eyes to see what God really has for you and what God wants for you. And um, I know in this situation with my son, I know in the situation with um, this family, Talia and Caleb, they had to see that little boy coming home healthy. You know, they had to see that it's worth fighting for, even if it takes longer for every single thing to, to get to line up to God has done this. And that's why there's trials can be very short. They can be medium and they can be very, very long, but vision will take you to the very end vision for this ministry. I've been having vision for this ministry for so long. This has been a long haul to get to what I haven't even gotten to yet, but that God's promised me, but I have to have the vision. I can't just throw it away and say, I'm not doing this anymore. We've done this for this many years and, you know, I love God and it's fun. No, I have to hold on to what he showed me. This, this ministry was going to impact people. And the same with writing a book. Why would you write a book and spend this much time and energy when there's so few people right now who, who hardly know who you are? Well, if I would write the book, if God told me to write the book, it was for me. But that's not what I see. I see this book going in the hands of people going through really difficult trials and wanting somebody to help. And I see people giving it to people. I see people can't wait to buy it for every single situation going through someone. And it's not a five-step plan. It's, it's a book that's going to help them to say, wow, I need something real with God. I need something really real. with Oh, God, help me. But I believe anyone who's serious about the promises of God is going to be encouraged by this book. But it's not an easy book because there's not one single thing in there that leaves Holy Spirit out of it that it's only by yielding to Holy Spirit will you get your promise. It's only by letting go of all these other things and trusting God that you will come into what he's promised you. You don't call the shots. That's the bottom line. You don't call the shots. And when you do vision, it's not you telling God what to do. Vision is seeing what God's 
what would this look like if God intervened? Because that's what you're believing for, right? And so like for this family, what would this look like? It would look like baby coming home without brain damage, baby coming home without needs for tons and tons of more surgeries and going to the doctors his whole life and not being able to do things. It would look like him growing into a completely healthy child. So they're looking at the milestones now. It, now that he's been home, now he's almost a year. He'll be a year at the end of January. And so they're looking at the milestones and he's really close to every single milestone, which is a miracle. But, they, but you don't just throw up vision. You don't want to get, you can, okay? You can do what you want. I like to win big. So I want to see the fullness of what God's promised me. I don't want to just taste a little bit of it and be thankful for that, which I am thankful for that. I want to see, I don't know how old I'll have to be to see the fullness of what he's promised me. Believe me, I didn't think it would take this long. But I also didn't know I'd learn all this. I also didn't know I'd go through this. I also didn't know he'd change my heart so much. I also didn't know he'd work compassion to me. I also didn't know he could be so real and you could fall so in love with him. So I count it all joy, for real. But I can't get the vision of ministering to thousands of people to bring these kinds of truth. It's funny, I had the vision when I didn't have anything to say to them. <laughs> and the more I have to say to them, the smaller the group got. But the greater the vision. See, that's faith that hangs on. That's faith that says, no, he promised me this and I don't need this. That's the same thing. We're going to heaven. I'm not going to, by God's grace, I'm not going to fall and say, I'm going to get to heaven. It's going to be wonderful. That's not why I'm, I'm not proving anything by going after vision. So when you get visions, whether it's for a healing, whether it's for salvation for your family, whether it's for a business idea, whatever you're getting vision for, it's never supposed to be to make you feel better about you. Vision is to glorify God. Vision is this is what he's promised. This is what he can do. And I'm going to cooperate with his Holy Spirit so he gets his glory. And guess what? When my heart is for him to get his glory, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy such a powerful life in God. You, you're gonna, I'm thankful that my son is healthy now. God got his glory. I'm thankful for the promises. You just can't get it mixed up. It's everything we do has to be for his glory. And when it's more about I'm tired and I don't want to do this, then you don't want to glorify him. But that's between you and God. He's never doing this. Well, he does it because he loves us. But everything Jesus did is because he loves us. Everything he did is because he took away all authority from darkness. That's already what he's done that. So vision is what is this supposed to look like? If darkness has no part in it, what's my family supposed to look like if darkness has no authority? What's my ministry supposed to look like? What's my health supposed to look like? What's my finances supposed to look like? What should everything look like if Satan has no authority in it? And how do I get that vision? How do I um, find God in this and, and show me what to do? And it's not pretended faith where I just say, well, I want all this. Money. Well, if you want all this money, you know, to pay bills, what is the vision he's given you to make that? What's the vision? What's the education? What has he called you to? 
because obedience is always involved in vision. Obedience is involved in vision. With no obedience, the vision's not going to happen. Obedience is our part. That's it. That's our only part in any of this. Do what he tells you, period. Do what he tells you. Well, what's the obstacles? You don't hear him. You've got issues where you're stubborn. You've got issues where you want to do it your way. You've got issues that block your vision. You justify why you don't want the vision or you don't need the vision. All these are issues that are beauty for ashes we've been working on for years. I encourage people, go to beautyforashes.org, join our partner was uh, partner with us page or something that's called and go on the mentorship and you will see hundreds of hours of teaching on every single topic you can think of to get your heart free to be able to go after vision but start with vision and start with big vision because he's a big god and then obey him just obey him let me pray for those who are watching and those i hope you get the book and i the the chapter on the vision is powerful. Heavenly Father, first of all, Lord, forgive us for not realizing that you want us to have vision for to glorify you. You want us to know how good you are. You want the world to know that we have a Father that loves us, that a Father that protects us and takes care of us, that we have this powerful Father that's bigger than anything that's happened in our past, that's happening in our future. We have a God who already knows um, everything and he's already made a way of escape before we ever start it. He is faithful even when we're not. God, we want people to know you. So Lord, I ask that people here, even tonight, those watching and listening, even in years to come, those who read the book, that they will begin to be people who will spend time getting vision. And when the vision starts to waver and wane and it doesn't seem important and they start to grow weary, God, that they would take that time to get with you and let you build up that vision. We thank you, Jesus, that you went away to be alone with the Father, to hang on to the vision. When Satan attacked you so hard to steal that vision, the vision of you paying for our sin, the vision of you suffering so we could be set free from darkness, the vision of you going and taking authority out of the hands of the enemy. Lord, you knew the vision that you were going to get into hell, but you were going to triumph and you were going to, to overcome everything of the enemy, that you would become that sin so that you would set all of us free from sin if we wanted to be free. And Lord, in your vision, you knew that you would be seated at the right hand of the Father. You knew that you would send Holy Spirit to live inside of people and, and you would have family on this earth. You knew that there would come a, a thousand year millennium where we would rule and reign with you and you'd walk among people who were like you, who, who you changed. God, you had so much vision. So I pray, God, that you would increase my vision. I pray you would increase everyone's vision here. Lord, what is it that would glorify you? Lord, it doesn't matter how old we are. We repent if we didn't obey you sooner. We repent if all these holdups is because of us. We know they're not because of you. Maybe it's your timing, but maybe we've missed some of your timing. And Lord, we ask that you would give us vision, the real vision you have for us, and that we would yield to you, Holy Spirit, and you would bring it to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. 
then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 